Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, hello, Connection Point. Uh, It's so good to see your faces, and uh, it's good to see your faces, too, in Avon. You don't know it, but we have cameras watching every single one of you right now, as well as those of you online. So uh, we're thankful that uh, we get to interact in this way and be a family uh, connected together this morning. Uh, speaking of family, I've got my whole family out here this, this time with me, and so that's a real treat. Um, we'll be here this weekend and, and next as well, and uh, so just enjoying a little bit of time with you. Um, Have you ever felt stuck? Maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's stuck financially, Uh, maybe you feel stuck at work or stuck because of a lack of work. Um, Maybe you've been stuck emotionally, maybe it's just been stuck kind of in your, your thought life in some particular way, shape, or form. Maybe it's been stuck in some particular struggle or addiction. Um, chances are, if you've been around the block long enough, you've felt stuck, and maybe it's just for a little bit, but maybe it's been for multiple years. It can really happen that way. Um, silly version of getting stuck, I got stuck four-wheel driving. Um, I really enjoy uh, going off-roading and that sort of thing. It rains about once every 150 years in Arizona, and so we normally don't have to worry about it, but we got some bad rains a few years back. And a wash that we normally go to um, was, it had some water in it, and I didn't really think much of it, so I took my five-year-old daughter, which is the best place to take your daughter four-wheeling. She was so excited to go. She doesn't care. And uh, so we, we jumped in this 99 Jeep Cherokee that we have that's lifted on big tires and all of that. We thought we could handle it. Um, but it had uh, resulted, the rains had washed about four feet of, of soft silt over the normally solid soil, and uh, we got stuck. At its worst, this is what it looked like. You can take a a look here. Um, We had to cross this little stream that's normally a trickling creek. Now we were stuck and called for the help of, uh, you know, someone with a good winch and toe strap, and meanwhile, my daughter's just giggling. Uh, she's laughing in the back uh, at the experience and her stupid dad, and we made it through, uh, but there was a good 30 minutes where we could not move. There was nothing we could do unless someone showed up and pulled us out, and that is God for me and you. If you're feeling stuck in this absolutely ridiculous, anxious world that we live in today, then God has a heart and the ability to pull you out 
he's the one that we should be looking to to find peace in this anxious world. Where I've been stuck for the last month or two is been stuck with anxiety. And I am not an anxious person. I have never wrestled with anxiety my entire life. In fact, I'm so wired the opposite. I'm such a mellow person. Um, I, I am not prone to anxious thoughts when I am surrounded by anxious moments. Um, I'm just not pulled into being high strung or any of the anxiety that tends to come with it. I'm more mellow, I'm melancholy, sadness, depression, that's what is in the general backdrop of my life. So anxiety is really unfamiliar to me until Pastor John assigned me this topic to preach on. And then for whatever reason, God says, okay, let me give you a particular empathy for people who experience this on a regular basis. And if that's you, if you're normally a really anxious person, my goodness, I hate your life. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. Um, for me, I, I'm waking up in the middle of the night, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., my brain kicks into gear. But if you're familiar with it, only about half the operating power that your brain normally has and so now you're trying to solve the world's problems and your problems at about 50% brain capacity. I only have about 20% brain capacity when I'm awake. And so this is miserable. And the anxiety that starts to build and the places that your mind starts to go and then your heart starts to race. I mean, this is a spiritual, mental, physiological, emotional train wreck when anxiety takes a hold. My grandmother's not doing well. I start worrying about her. My mom, who has to take care of her in a considerable way, I start to get concerned and anxious for her. My wife that's got a stressful job that's been going through a lot of transitions, I start to feel anxious for her. For whatever reason, in the last month or two, my anxiety's been high for my kids. How are they gonna turn out? What are they facing and dealing with on a regular basis? Since I was with you last time, I had some skin cancer come back that it was malignant melanoma. They've since gone on and done the surgery, but then you know how you have a health issue and then you wonder how is this going to, to pan out? If it's none of the stuff going on in your own family or your own life or work or whatever, you gather with other people that you love, I, I'm concerned for you guys. I know Pastor John gets concerned for his church, it's Jesus' church, but we have a heart for you. We, we want to care for you and shepherd you and then you look around the community and what's going on in the community and you turn on the news for 90 seconds, and if that doesn't produce anxiety with what's going on in the world today, my goodness, I don't even know if you have a pulse. It's overwhelming, right? And it's easy for us to get stuck in anxiety. Then you open up your Bible in Philippians chapter four, it says, do not be anxious about anything. 
<laughs> Good luck with that. I mean, that's my heart. I don't want to be anxious about anything, but you've been around the block for a couple of, of laps, and there's something that's going to produce anxiety. And then if you're prone to it or wired to it or leaning into it, then my goodness, you will be stuck. You don't know how you got there. It might have been self-inflicted. It might have been choices you've made that are now producing this level of anxiety. It might be like me in a Jeep, you know, you didn't set into this particular course of action looking for anxious moments, but yet here you are. It might just be the general circumstances or others that have kind of dropped stuff in your lap and here you go, you're anxious. How in the world do you not be anxious? We're just gonna have a conversation about that today and how do you choose peace in the middle of kind of an onslaught of anxious moments. Anxiety, if we get to kind of a working definition of it, there's a handful of things that we could kind of look at. One, most of us are familiar with anxiety defined kind of this way. Anxiety for most of us tends to show up in this kind of sense of feeling uneasy or dread or tension, worry, about facing misfortune, danger, uh, imminent doom as a result of past, present, and future events. So you start to feel that tension that wells up in here or in here, in your mind and in your heart as a result of some events, maybe that took place a long time ago, and now you're anxious that what happened a while ago is gonna catch up with you. Maybe the anxiety stems more from what's going on in the here and now. There's legitimate struggles financially or with your temptations or with a relationship or work or family or school or whatever it is. It's right here and right now. Or maybe we get anxious sometimes about stuff that hasn't even happened yet. You ever been there? You get preoccupied about the future. I gotta think that's why Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So let's not get hung up on tomorrow before tomorrow's even here. But I had a pastor that would struggle with anxiety once and he called it pre-reacting. <laughs> he, he thought it was kinda helpful. He knew it wasn't here, but he couldn't help but pre-react to stuff. Start thinking about all the potential outcomes and how he might respond if this happens or if that happens, you know? But that's just a form of anxiety. Scripturally, when uh, Paul that said, don't be anxious in Philippians, the Greeks had a word for anxiety or being anxious. And it really meant to take thought. And so anxious in Philippians meant to take thought, but to take thought in such a way that you can't take your mind off of that particular thing. You're obsessing on it. And it's typically to a negative extent don't be anxious meant don't get so hyper-focused where your mind cannot be 
consumed with anything but the potential danger or problem or tension or issues. Your focus is completely consumed there. I heard somebody describe anxiety this way a little while ago. They said anxiety might be something more like wasting present energy on a future outcome that's undesirable to you. And it is kind of a waste, right? Worry and anxiety, when you think about it, what good is it really? It just gets you angsty, it gets you preoccupied, maybe paralyzed even, physiological effects, you name it. It is a waste, and yet we get stuck in it. We think maybe that there's something to it. I know there's fight or flight sort of responses that our body kicks into gear, so sometimes we don't always have complete control over it. But it's a real, it's a real deal. Enough with the bad news. Here's the good news, and thankfully you already know the good news. The good news is God's got a plan of rescue for me and you. God's got a plan, and here's his plan. Number one is to stop the anxiety that you and I feel through prayer. That's good news, right? That's a right on or an amen or a woohoo sort of moment. He wants to stop the anxiety that we face through praying to him, through talking to him about it, and then two, he, he doesn't want to just stop with stopping the anxiety. He takes it a step further and says, I want to stop your anxiety when you talk to me about it. But I also want to replace the anxiety that you're feeling with peace. How about that trade? We got anxiety, we got the worry, we got the tension, we got the dread, we got the uneasiness, and God's saying, I got a plan, I wanna stop that and then trade it out with peace. Prayer is the hinge point. Listen to me, prayer is the thing that's going to bridge the gap between anxiety and peace. Thankfully, this isn't a talk today about anxiety. It's more actually a talk about prayer. How are you doing in just talking to God about what's going on in your heart and what's going on in your mind, especially with regards to feeling anxious? Do you talk to him about it? When you and I pray, what God's inviting us into is opening up this conversation, reminding ourselves that we are in a relationship with our creator, our heavenly daddy that cares so much for me and you. And he knows what we're going through already, but he loves when we crawl up on his lap and start a conversation with him about it. And he floods through that time of prayer. And when he floods through, he's also bringing peace with him. He'll bring some comfort. He'll bring some direction. He'll bring some hope when we're praying. And he brings some peace. Philippians chapter four is where we're gonna be just for a little bit. If you have your Bible, you can open up to Philippians chapter four, go to verses six and seven. They might be familiar verses to you. 
They might be verses that maybe some of you have even memorized before. If you haven't, can I encourage you to commit these two verses to memory this week? Maybe that's some good homework for you, that you can meditate on God's word, and that as anxiety maybe rears its ugly head in the coming days, that God's word will go to work on it. And maybe you make these words part of your prayer as you commit them to memory. Here's what God says in Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You can memorize that. And as you do, remember, there's kind of a cool structure to this handful of verses. What God does here is that he gives us a command. Then he gives us a how to fulfill that command that he's calling you and I to. And then he gives us a result of what will happen if we obey the command following the methodology that he gives us. Here's the result. Command how to, here's the result. The command is what? Do not be anxious. And if you unpack the lingo here, it is a very strong command. God's firm here. He's saying, don't be anxious. Don't do it. Everything in your heart is going to magnetically pull you toward anxiety at some point in your life. There are things in your mind that are going to be kind of a gravitational pull toward anxiety. But God's saying, don't. Fight it. Don't just let the current take you where it wants you to go. Don't let the enemy work in this area of anxiety. Don't be anxious. There's the command. Then thankfully, God is so good to, you, to us because he has given us a command. He's called us to something, to obey. But then he gives us some help. He's saying, here's how you obey this. Here is now how you don't be anxious. And the how-to is a pretty robust, if you start to do the word play here and the word study here, it's a pretty robust look at how to not be anxious. It's, it's how to pray. How to pray. Prayer becomes the key. And then the result is what? The peace of God. The peace that God has the peace that transcends all of our understanding. It's not temporary peace, it's not superficial peace, it's not peace as the world knows it, it's the peace of God himself. Did you know that God is at peace? You know God's not angsty? Do you know God isn't full of anxiety? God's not anxious, God is not worried. 
He's not worried about you. He's not worried about the state of affairs today. He has a concern. I think he's bothered. But he is not worried. Why? Because he's God Almighty and he's still sovereign. He's still on the throne. He's still in control. And he's not anxious about it. And the very core of who he is is peace, not chaos, not anxiety. And he wants to give a tremendous amount of, from the core of who he is to the core of who you and I are. And the conduit for that, the toe strap for that, is prayer. He sees that we're stuck. And he comes to the shore's edge and he throws us a lifeline in prayer and then cranks up the winch. And as we're talking to him, he's just pulling us in close to him. And as he does, he'll communicate an awful lot. By the power of his spirit, he'll give you some peace where you don't have it. Remember in Galatians chapter five, you get the list of the fruits of the spirit of God, that when we're interacting with the spirit of God, when we're living by the spirit of God rather than just our flesh, there's fruit that our life bears. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Peace is a fruit of the spirit of God being active in your life. And so for me, over these last couple of months when I have felt an absence of peace, one thing I had to do was go back to my relationship with my heavenly father. I had to go back and just kind of process where am I allowing the spirit of God to work in me or where have maybe I been kind of preventing or slowing him down or just not cultivating the soil of my life enough where his seed that is going to produce good fruit can bear fruit? Where has my heart grown rocky? Where has my heart grown thorny? Because I'm not experiencing peace. Peace is a byproduct of the God of peace that's gonna flood through my relationship with him. There is power in prayer, and prayer moves the hand of God in miraculous ways. But prayer is also part of the relationship that you and I have with Almighty God, through which he can bring us peace. In his book, uh, Pastor Chip Ingram, I Choose Peace, there's a whole chapter on this, and if you want to do kind of a cool deep dive on it, get the book and read this chapter. Because as he kind of unpacks some of the, the original language here in these verses, you discover an awful lot about the type of prayer that bridges the gap between anxiety and peace. And the fast track version of it in, in my wording, um, if we talk for a little bit about that type of prayer, this is kind of what it looks like. The, the prayer that bridges this gap, the, the prayer that 
invites peace in rather than anxiety when we're communicating with God? Is prayer one that dialogues constantly with him? Prayer is nice when you do it, you know, before meals. You might have a one really solid time of prayer if you have a devotional time or time where you're spending time in the word and then you pray. But prayer is meant to be a constant dialogue, I mean, all throughout the day. Paul's just called us to not be anxious and to pray in every situation. Pray when you're alone, pray when you're with people, pray when you're at school, pray when you're at work, pray when you're driving along, pray when you're doing well, pray when you're an absolute anxious mess. Pray when you've got something, some news that's come to you that's got you excited. Pray when you got some news that is less than exciting. But dialogue constantly with your God. And that is just more opportunity that his peace is going to meet you in that moment. Because when you've got the worries, when you've got the anxiety, then normally these wheels just start spinning. And whatever wheels we got going on, our hearts start spinning. But rather than going, we've got a heavenly father that cares. And he is the perfect parent. And, and he really just wants to be in this dialogue, part of which will be to remind me and you that we're his kid. And he loves you very, very much. He's not upset that you're anxious. He's wanting to help in your anxiety. As Almighty God, who also happens to be our Abba, our Heavenly Daddy. But this type of prayer, in the midst of anxious moments, also admits a need for his help. Paul said everything by prayer and petition. Uh, prayer can be any sort of dialogue that you've got with God. Petition, though, when you make a petition, of someone, you're making a list of requests, but when you have to petition someone for what you need, it's because that particular individual has the ability to deliver to you something that you could not deliver to yourself. That's why you have to petition that person, often a judge or someone in a position of authority. And so to pray is great, do it constantly. To petition him constantly would to be to say, you, God, have something that I don't have. And maybe my human counselor can't provide even though they're great. Or sometimes we have to take anxiety medication. That's not a sin, that's fine, that's okay. But God has something even better. He's got something even more. And that it's his peace that he wants to deliver. We're saying, God, I need something from you that I can't get any other way. And me numbing out to this or superficial quick fix to that or kind of ignoring the issue, that's not going to do it. I need your help. We say that when we pray to him. We're also going to pray in a way that's filled with thanksgiving. And everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Man, that's key. Because you know it. When you've been thankful verbally 
to God in your prayer life, what's it doing? It's focusing your thoughts on what you do have rather than what you don't have. And for some reason, the enemy loves to use anxiety to get us hung up on what we don't have, what's lacking, the problems that used to happen that might come back or may come in the future, you know? We're we're hyper-focused, can't get our minds on anything else other than the problem, other than what we're lacking. And now God says, hey, if you bring thanksgiving into our conversation, thank you, God, that my heart is beating right now. I spoke to a gentleman here at the church who just, he had a heart attack a year ago. And ever since then, he's got anxiety about that. He survived it, but it's hard for him to not worry constantly that it's gonna happen again. I understand that. But he's had to adopt this thanksgiving as a way of going, thank you, Lord, that you give me some extra days to live. You know, those aren't a guarantee. The breath that you're breathing right now, we should be thankful for because God allowed it. You've got a beautiful set of relationships and a beautiful church community and you live in a beautiful area and there's amazing sunsets and there is a color called green that you have here that I have not seen until I visit here. I thank God for green every single time we're here in Brownsburg. And Avon and Indiana, it's just, it's green. What is this mystery thing? And there's water. What is this place? We can be thankful and watch God shift our focus. The type of prayer that I think God invites in Philippians 4 here is also one that makes specific requests. Prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make requests to God. Make these requests. Be specific. God, I'm anxious about the way I look. Tell him that. I'm struggling with it. God, I'm worried about the ability to pay my bills. And that's making me anxious. God, I've got specific concerns about that person at school or that person at work or... I don't know how I'm going to pull it together strength-wise to get through now that I'm alone. You know, and, and talk to him. If you've ever had kids, especially when they're little, didn't you love when they just nonstop, first thing in the morning, all the way until you go to bed? My daughter the other night, I was putting her to bed and She said, Daddy, I could tell you want me to stop talking. (laughs) She's so sweet. She kind of giggled when she said it. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, how did you know? And she said, well, because you just keep going, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, uh uh-huh. I could tell you're not listening. I felt so bad. But she'd been talking for all day. And she still had words to go. You know, and it didn't make me mad, but unlike her silly daddy, her heavenly daddy never, ever gets tired of hearing her talk. 
your heavenly daddy never gets tired of listening to you. And be specific. Because sometimes when you say the thing that is really bothering you, just saying it out loud to him, you go, oh, I said it, and now it sounds stupid. It is kind of stupid. Or you go, no, that one's legit. Either way, God's listening. He already knows. But he's working with you in this prayer conversation with him. There's real power there. And this type of prayer is the type of prayer that guards our hearts and our minds against future anxiety. Because if you're constantly talking to him about this, then you're reminded constantly, my goodness, he came through. He brought peace in the past, and I can feel him already bringing peace now. That's a beautiful gift. I tell you what, these last couple months, because it's happened before, where I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm just praying, this is a little bit of a testimony. I don't know how to describe it other than I have been forced to try it for the last two months. And I can tell you, after 15 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes of talking to my Heavenly Father about what's getting me anxious, I have peace. I'm testifying to that before you right now. So try him. Talk to him about it. This week, talk to him multiple times a day about stuff that's getting you anxious. Maybe you're not the anxious one. Maybe you know someone who is. Talk to God about them on their behalf. And see what happens. Try him on it. The peace that God has will come. It'll settle you. He'll remind you you're not alone in it, even if there's rough journey ahead. There's peace that he's got. You can be surrounded by a lot of anxious situations and circumstances and still have peace. That's evidence God's at work. That's the testimony I've been experiencing for these last couple months. He has traded out the trash for peace. Speaking of which, um, think right now if you've got like a piece of trash in your pocket or your purse. Anybody got a piece of trash or whatever? Okay, first person that can come up right here to the front of the stage with their trash. Grab the trash from your pocket or your purse. Bring it up. I don't care what it is. Sweet. What is this? Okay, oh, this is like a, it's a wrapper. Would it have like a mint in it or something? What's your name? Jack. Jack. Nice to meet you, Jack. Thank you for giving me the, the uh, trash. You got some? Sweet. Oh, you had some fruit snacks. Wait, no, no, come back here, Jack. <laughs> What's your name? Alora. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Um, oh, fantastic. What is this? You, you guys just eat candy the whole service, or what's the deal here? Well, okay, you were drinking water. You were being healthy. What's your name? Uh, Andrew. Andrew. Okay, so um, you got more trash? Fantastic. Well, we're going to have to come up creative, because now you've thrown me off here. Good job. What's your name? Robbie. Robbie. Awesome. Well, thank you for your trash, okay? So now you've given me your trash. You, you don't you don't need this anymore, right? Because what? It's trash, okay? Um, you're going to have to do something. Take yourselves out to the, uh, to the 
coffees. Here's 10 bucks. You can buy one gallon of gas with that today, okay? Um, take, okay, I know maybe you guys don't know each other. You can go get something at the coffee shop or whatever, okay? So you give me your trash. You guys got 10 bucks. You go spend it after the service, okay? All right? Awesome. Go ahead. Get out of here. I'm just kidding. Love you guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. So there's a pretty good trade, right? They're pretty quick to come up, give me some trash, and they got 20 bucks between the four of them, okay? Now we're quick to see the benefit of that. Why are we so slow to see the benefit of trading out our anxiety for the peace of Almighty God? And then what if, what if given that invitation, those three boys and that girl had not come to get rid of their trash? What if they had not received the cash money I just gave them? That would have been a drag, right? And yet this free gift, this free trade that God's inviting us all into, it's so much better than trash and 10 bucks. Would you, would you come through prayer and give God the trash of your anxiety? Offload it to him, he'll take it. And then you don't have to carry it or worry about it anymore because why, you just gave it up. And then would you receive whatever he gives you in return? I think it's gonna be some of his peace. And that's available to you 24 seven. The peace of God that comes through talking to him about all that gets us anxious. What a gift. And so gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for understanding us. We thank you that you know what it's like to be human, face all the junk that we face in this world. We wanna be people who choose peace and so we're gonna do that by choosing to pray, to talk to you about it. And we ask, Father, that as we do that, you would stop anxiety in its tracks and you would replace those anxious thoughts and feelings with your peace. pray that specifically for all of our family online and here in the room and Avon and ask Lord that you would minister in a way that only you can right now in this moment we open our hands to you and ask that you would remove the anxiety the trash of it from our hands that you would put into our hands, into our hearts, into our minds, your peace. We love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that 
and you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us and please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.